Hello and welcome to the Peace and Love Amplifiers podcast. I'm so happy you're here. In these episodes, we will dive deep into the idea of peace. What is it? Is it even attainable? Everyone wants it. So how can we make it manifest? Along with my own experiences, you will also hear uplifting stories from inspirational people who are building peace in their own lives and the world around them. We are on the threshold of a new society, looking at where science meets spirituality. And these stories are a call to action to help overcome division and build a better society for all concerned. Join me on this thought-provoking journey to explore ways we can all amplify peace and love. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Peace and Love Amplifiers podcast. I'm so excited to have my guest on here for this episode. And Maria and I have been good friends, colleagues for the past 20 some years. We Our worlds have kind of circled around and we're back together again after co-authoring in a book called Flashpoint. And we'll talk more about that too, but But I love to talk and bring in Maria from The Bridge, and she's going to tell you what The Bridge is and and the the work that The Bridge does and about her journey. So Maria, it's so good to reconnect with you. It's it's been so long. So welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm really honored to be here. Yeah, I am honored to have you. Seriously, like you were one of the, when I started putting this podcast together and I pretty much say this every, every episode, but you were one of those that I'm like in the back, like I need to talk to Maria. So tell me about yourself, about what you do and why you do what you do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've been with the program for 25 years and the program has been around for 40 years. And we've been serving the community for, so we've been serving the community for a long time. We believe that it's really important to build community and share resources while authentically connecting with others who may have different experiences and backgrounds, as well as knowledge and perspectives. So that's a little bit of what we do and why we do it is because it's important. I mean, we've all probably, especially this past year, have been made very keenly aware of the importance of community Mm. and how much we miss it when it's not there. And unfortunately for too many in this world, it's not there even when it's not 2020 during a pandemic. Maybe they feel different or maybe they're surrounded by people that aren't as accepting of them. And uh, so, you know, or maybe they are just part of a community that's not as enriching as they would like to be. So that's where the bridge comes in. They can join in and we do serve all ages. So it's interesting. Our group is run by young people. So we train young people ages 13, 13 to 24, 25, right? That young adult crowd to facilitate our workshops. So we'll have adults there that participate. We'll have some adults there that are uh, guest speakers. Of course, I'm an adult. And we have other adults that are a part of the program. But our focus really is to enrich the youth in a supportive and diverse group. So we are unique in that. Uh, Many youth groups are strictly for youth and they don't have the adult component. And it's really important for us 
because, you know, adults have a lot to bring to the table and the youth see that the adults are interested in what they have to say. And it helps to support their future development to know that, you know, maybe they don't have supportive adults in their life other than the bridge, but through the bridge, they've met adults that can be supportive for many years, even beyond, you know, their their teenage years. Uh, We've got a multi-generational audience that comes now because like I said, we've been around for over 40 years. So those were, that were teenagers back in the 90s and even the 80s have now grown up and many have their own teenagers that attend. So uh, we've even had grandparents that attend with their grandchildren who are teenagers. So it's a really beautiful combination of ages, of backgrounds. We started out in Camden City, but we have blossomed into the whole of the South Jersey community, as well as now, because the fact that we're virtual, we've got people from all over the country that can attend. And technically, depending on the time zone, all over the world. And we've had people from Baltimore, from Chicago, from Kansas, from Virginia, from North Carolina, from Pennsylvania, all join in on our virtual sessions, which is really cool. That's so amazing that you were able to pivot, as they say, you know, into the the virtual world and to really expand your impact to your 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 clients and the kids and the adults. And I I really love the concept because like you said, a lot of young adults, when they get to that 17, 18 year old age, they sometimes get lost. And I know it happened to me, even though I had loving parents, you know, everybody was busy, you know? So, you know, having some kind of step over from, from being a kid to being a young adult, to being an adult, you know, having that guidance and having that support system is so important to, to that age group. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's that aging out concept, you know, where a lot of in the past, especially a lot of organizations and different areas thought that, you know, once a person turned 18, they're out on their own and responsible for their own lives. And while that is true to a certain extent, and unfortunately for a lot of people, even younger than that, they're forced to become adults. You know, the brain keeps developing and emotions keep developing and relationships keep developing. And then new challenges happen like dating and paying bills and getting a job, keeping a job, ending friendships potentially. So there's a lot that happens in developmentally in those years beyond 18 and even up to 30 that really need a supportive community around that, you know, is there to help build skills as well as, you know, let the person know that they're loved mm. and that they're cared about. And there's people out there that are, you know, putting good out into the world and, and want to support them if they want to as well. Yeah, it's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And you gave me the honor last week of being a facilitator or or sharing some tools and techniques for stress management and emotional awareness and all that fun stuff. So I got to see the behind the scenes and and the amount of work that you put into each week. You have these meetings. Do you call them meetings or they what are they called? Historically, we've called them weekly empowerment sessions. So they started out being called drop-in sessions because that was the hip term in the 70s and 80s. (laughs) But somewhere in the 90s and early aughts, I thought, you know what? We need to make sure that people know the impact of this program. And it's not just for teens to come and hang out. You know, we're not just a recreational program. We we have a structure. I mean, and you, you even experienced it firsthand with, you know, seeing the young people facilitate the sessions. 
mm-hmm. and trained young people. And we have high expectations for them where they're at. So, you know, we meet each young person and young adult where they're at. So, you know, it's important to us that people know that we are there for empowerment, for enrichment, for leadership. And so we started to call them weekly empowerment sessions. And just in the past uh, week or two, especially now that we're combining things with Virtua and, and kind of, you know, refreshing the look of the bridge, we're looking at, you know, what can we call them moving forward? What will support us? So we're, we're talking about, you know, some new terminology around that. But right now they're called the weekly empowerment sessions. Okay. That's great. And I was able to talk for about 50 minutes, but the whole thing was about an hour and a half. So you, in the beginning, you had the youth lead the round table, you know, the introductions and, and they were able to, to go and, you know, call on every one of the participants and, and ask what their answer would be or what they would want to share. And the fact that it's youth led and let the kids talk first was what I was impressed with. Having an almost 13-year-old myself, I know that she has a lot of wisdom and she has, you know, when I allow her to speak and, and to tell me what she needs, she knows what she needs, you know, and so these kids have a sense of self about them, especially now, I think, mm-hmm. with what they've been going through and what they need. So yeah, I really like that aspect of it. Yeah. Having it youth led keeps it fresh. It keeps it young. And it really does give the youth the voice and lets them know that it's important that what they have to say is important and the world needs to hear it. And recently there have been many young people, the Parkside uh, school community, Greta Thunberg, and, and many other young people from both sides of, you know, different issues who have started to speak out and have really, like you said, there's a wisdom there, you know? And I think a lot of adults kind of lose that like childhood creativity, you know, unfortunately, and the youth need that adult structure to be like, okay, these are the ideas. This is what we have as the vision. You know, how can we work together to make that happen? And in a way that's beneficial for, you know, as many people as possible. You know, and that's one of the reasons, you know, like you said, like our youth run the session. So we have, we have several guidelines and one of the guidelines is that youth speak first and most. In fact, this is one of the most talking. This is some of the most talking that an adult does at the bridge when we have to do these things at our weekly empowerment sessions. It's the youth that do the talking and we train them that way, not just so that they can run the bridge sessions, but so that when they get out into the world, whether it's that week or whether it's, you know, six months from then or six years from then, they feel the confidence and they feel they have the support of the bridge, you know, over those many years or weeks or months that they were able to attend to speak out, to advocate for themselves, to advocate for others. You see a lot of that happening now, especially with the social justice movement that's been happening over the past year. You know, a lot of young people are speaking out about what's going on. And it's important that they know that they have a voice when all too often they're told that they're not in in our society. And what comes to mind when when you're talking about this is the notion that adults don't and I'm going to, I'm going to butcher it. It's, it's some kind of quote, but the, you'll get the gist, but the adults don't own the planet. We're borrowing it from the children. So when, and, you know, I was always thought this way too, growing up that, you know, it's, I have to live here longer than you do, you know, so help clean it up, help do things that will 
and especially now with the the state of the climate change and everything that these kids are seeing the changes happening right now and so if we can create as adults create the the space for the youth creativity and momentum then they're going to have that capacity and that confidence, like you said, to, to really move forward. And if we, as the adults can create and, and hold that space for them. So, you know, the world can, you know, see good change, you know, we, we can create a new normal, not go back to our old normal that wasn't working for the majority of people. Yeah, it's true. It's one of our first values at the bridge is listening with love. And that's not just us, that's them as well, like listening to each other with love. So it's important that, you know, they, they have both the skills to do that because there is a skill to listening. I mean, we all, we all have listening skills, whether or not they're healthy and effective, (laughs) uh, you know, it differs depending on our environment, what we grew up in, what media we were exposed to as children, the, the habits and culture of our family and the adults that were around us. So the bridge is there to help them really have positive and supportive listening skills. And that includes number one, listening with love. The bridge is considered a trauma-informed program. And we have always been, even before the term trauma-informed was ever developed, because we have compassion for people. And you know, knowing that some of us have had some struggles that we've had to grow up with and have not been able to talk about them in a safe space. And that's, that's so important to be able to have a space where you can share the difficulties that you've experienced, share the, the perspectives that you have because of those difficulties, the dreams that you have, and not be judged or shushed or told that it doesn't matter because it does matter, you know, and, and for each person, it's important. We all have these feelings around our experiences. And if we're just constantly invalidated, then we learn that those feelings aren't important and we, we squish them and quiet them and quell them. And those are important indicators in our lives. You know, it's like a compass is telling us which way to go, north, south, east, or west. And if we're, you know, in a situation and we're feeling angry, well, that's an indicator that, you know, we need to pay attention to that and what's going on. And the same thing when we're feeling happy or joyous, well, there you go. That's an indicator. Let's put that in the box and, and keep that, you know, keep that memory uh, going and, and do things that encourage those, you know, positive, I don't want to say positive feelings, but those feelings that are more enjoyable because we, we, you know, we honor all feelings, you know, because they're all so important, but we definitely want to make sure that, you know, if there's a lot of feelings that are getting in our way of, of living our lives, that we look at that and, and why aren't we talking about those feelings and what can we do about them? And that's what you talked about at your session at the bridge was, you know, managing our emotional landscape. Mm-hmm. And it's such an important skill to be able to look at our feelings in a, in a mindful way and not in a judgmental way, like, oh, that's bad. Or why are you always angry, you know, or you should be happy more, you know, yeah, that's, yeah. that's not helpful at all. So it's important to be compassionate when we listen to people supportive of whatever feelings they're having in the moment. Exactly. And because that they learn to trust themselves when they're validated of, you know, is this a quote unquote proper emotion to be feeling in this situation? You know, that when they can know that they're not being judged, you know, that that was one of my own hangups is like, should I be feeling this feeling, you know, at this time? So 
I always had to kind of check in with other people. Like, what would you be feeling if you were in this situation? But it's your own perspective. It's your own situation that you're in. So, you know, everyone is validated in, in their, like, that's what I really saw at the meeting was that everyone was validated in whatever it is that they were feeling. And it wasn't that the shoulds and the coulds and the woulds were all off the table, you know? So, and that's, that's so empowering it just to know that they can trust their own selves moving forward and trust their gut trust, you know, they're going to be in situations when they're not going to have support, but they have the remembrance of the support, you know? So I th- it's just a beautiful program. It really is. <laughs> and, and the fact that you're, you know, I definitely am going to have my daughter come, you know, and cause I know, you know, we can both benefit from it. And so as far as, as you go, Miss Maria, <laughs> what do you do for your own self to help you? If you get like pulled out of your peaceful center, your smiley, beautiful face, you know, what do you do on a regular basis to help yourself? <laughs> well, first of all, thank you for that compliment. I appreciate that. <laughs> so number one, I grew up essentially in the bridge program. I've been a part of the program. I know this is hard to believe, but for the 40 years that it's been a program, even though only 25 of those have been on in an official capacity. So I had the benefit at me and many other young people had the benefit of growing up with these skills. So the resiliency, hope, optimism, having a sense of value, self-worth, sense of community, supportive community, all of those things contribute to my smiley, happy demeanor. And I don't often get knocked out of my peaceful center. Yes, I feel anger sometimes. Yes, I feel anxiety probably more often than I'd like. Yes, I feel frustration and, and confusion. And, you know, I have all those feelings as well. But the balance is this, you know, personality that I have, which is, you know, pretty much all the time, quite often. So I'd say that's the first thing is to, is to do things that, you know, help support that in your life overall. So my first tip would be, uh, come to bridge. That's, <laughs> that's the first tip. And we even tell when we do our trainings, cause like I said, their sessions are facilitated by trained youth and young adults. When we do our trainings, one of the first things we let them know is, you know, if you're not feeling so great, come to bridge because chances are to lift your spirits. You don't have to have a leadership capacity that night. You can just be a participant, not just, but you can be a participant, but don't let the, well, I don't really feel like it. So I'm going to stay home kind of attitude that sometimes we get trapped into. Don't let that prevent you from coming to bridge. Obviously, if you're sick, keep your germs at home. Now that we're virtual, it's great because we don't have to worry about that as much. But if you're just kind of feeling kind of down, you know, chances are a bridge session will lift you up. And we do hear that from a lot of people that they're like, yeah, that's true. That happens. So that's number one. And I get to do that every week. I mean, like, I don't know if you could tell, but like, I just got this like uplifting feeling in my soul that was like, wow, how cool to be able to experience this every week. And it's not just me, you know, blasting facts at people. It's me being a participant too, you know, and experiencing this special thing that happens and seeing these young people week after week grow and thrive. And even the adults, you know, learn more about themselves and and become more connected to the community and really get a lot out of it. 
So that's such a blessing. And if you don't have, you know, access to the bridge or if the bridge isn't your thing, find your thing, you know, find a photography group or a gardening group or a walking group or, you know, something that really does feed your soul. Because just like they say, exercise helps, you know, to lift your energy and your mood for many hours after the actual exercise session. It's the same thing when you do things that feed your soul. So, you know, look at that, you know, also the other side of it is look at what you do on a daily basis, who you're friends with or who your, your group is, your job, you know, your, your home environment, your family, and look at, you know, what are some ways that you can shift the balance? If there's a lot of feelings that you don't want to have, what are some ways that you can, you know, enhance those feelings that you do want to have? Maybe clear out a little corner of, of your bedroom as a meditation space, or maybe, you know, take an hour every Wednesday just to sit with your kids and do a coloring book or something that, you know, is easy, but also uplifts that part of your life that you're looking to strengthen. So that's number two, you know, and even if you do come to the bridge, do those things too. Because <laughs> why not, right? Have yeah. more good in your life. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we need a lot of those good things, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so there are those times though, that I feel anxious. I'm human just like everybody else. And there are those times where I might feel confused or frustrated. One of the first things I do is I check my breathing. I often find that if you're anxious about something, you're inhaling like, like that kind of stuff. And that's not helpful because that throws off your balance of uh, carbon dioxide, and nitrous dioxide, and all of those gases that help to fuel our body. And so I always exhale. For me, it's not about the inhale, it's about the exhalation. So I try to push those extra gases out uh, through the exhale, and that helps to balance out what's going on. I sip cool water. So as an example, I keep my little jar with me. (sighs) (laughs) Now I got to get a sip. (laughs) There you go. Little exhalation on the end. (laughs) But sipping cool water. And I explain it this way, you know, back in primitive times, If a bear was chasing you, you're probably not going to stop and take a sip of cool water by the stream. (laughs) So when you do that, stop and take a sip of cool water by the stream, it lets your body know like, oh, well, a bear's not chasing me at least. (laughs) So things must be pretty good, right? (laughs) It's an indication that you're safe enough to take that little break. Plus you're hydrating. And a lot of times we get anxious. We're doing the over-exhalation thing, which is exhalating a lot, exhalating, exhaling a lot of the fluids in our body, and we're dehydrating ourselves. And when we get dehydrated, then we get anxious. So that can add to, it's like this cycle, right? So by sipping that cool water, you're both triggering that brain's response of like, okay, I must be safe enough to drink water right now, as well as, okay, I'm hydrating enough to, you know, help keep my my biology going in a healthy way. So those are two things that I can do in the moment and cool thing. They're free. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And they're accessible pretty much anywhere. The breathing is pretty much accessible anywhere. The water, you know, you got to plan ahead a little bit for that, but generally you can find, you know, fresh water when you need to, for the most part, fortunately, I reach out to a loved one. So that's another thing that I'll do. Even if it's not a, I need help kind of a thing. If it's just a, Hey, just wanted to send you a smile, you know, with no expectation, because you know, when we reach out to other people and spread good vibes, we get the benefit of those good vibes too. So that's another thing that you can do. You don't need that person to respond. You're not waiting for a call back. 
You're not like, text me now. It's crisis time. <laughs> yeah, really. You know, <laughs> just send in a little yeah. smile emoji or heart eyes emoji or a virtual hug, little GIF, animated GIF or GIF, depending on, you know, which side of the fence you're on with that. But those are some easy and free things that, you know, I do. Offering to help someone else, you know, if there's an older person that needs some computer work, I'll, I'll reach out. Hey, how you doing with your phone today? You know, got any questions about your phone or reaching out to a young person? It's like, hey, how's it going with that friend issue that you had last week? You know, those are all things that, you know, just help to boost up your positive reserves of good feelings and joy. And like I said, going to the bridge. Going to the bridge. Going to the bridge. <laughs> Oh man, I, I just I just love your energy. You are just a light, you know, to the room, whatever room you walk into, you're a light. And even if it's a virtual room, you bring the light. So as far as the the book goes, we we got reconnected because a mutual acquaintance of ours, he's a friend of mine, he's my business coach, Austin Haynes. And you've, you've known Austin. Yeah. Yeah. So see, it's just so weird that, you know, when I saw that you were one of the co-authors, I'm like, what? Like, how how did that happen? This is amazing. (laughs) So, you know, I wrote it and it's a story of like your flashpoint is when you realize that everything that you've been working towards has kind of come to fruition or it's you're on your path. And, you know, you have a turnaround story. So your turnaround story as uh, in regards to like, this is not the life that I am want to live right now, you know, so, you know, your turnaround story, and then you have your flashpoint of like, oh, now I'm on my right journey. So your journey, why write the book? Why say yes? You don't have to get into your story. And um, oh, no, yeah, yeah no. spoilers here. Yeah. <laughs> I know because I'm not giving away my story either. But so what made you say yes to Austin when he said, hey, do you want to be an author in this book? Well, okay. So I got, I'll got i take you back just a couple of months. I okay. got reconnected with Austin, uh, I think it's December or January. So just a few months ago. And he immediately was like, oh, the bridge. And he had known about the bridge for a while through our relationship. And But he had never met me per se, but we, we've known each other. We have a mutual, uh, a very, very, very close mutual friend. So who had talked about, you know, who, we knew each other, but not had ever, had not ever met. So he decided he wanted to attend the bridge because, I mean, it sounds cool. So he wanted to be a part of it. So he attended the bridge, had the same experience as you, thought it was amazing. And, you know, it was like, this is fantastic. I met with him after that, just talking more about the bridge and some mutual interests we have and shared values and helping others and, and things like that. And that was when about a week later, he reached out to me. He said, you know, I'm writing this book and I just, I just have a couple slots left for co-authorship. And I'm wondering if you might be interested. And I immediately was like, yeah, of course. You know, I said, let me make sure I can make it happen. And then I will, you know, I would love to do that. And, you know, the book talks a little bit about the bridge program. Again, I'm not going to give any spoilers away, but the most impactful thing I think is about how the bridge program supported me personally as a young person. So it's not a, it's not a a professional, you know, well, the bridge program is now X, Y, Z, yada, yada. It's more just that, you know, my own experience with the bridge as a, yeah, I'll just say a young person in middle school years and how that affected uh, some challenges that I was experiencing at that time. And then how it came full circle, like you said, with the flashpoint. Mm-hmm. So when he offered, you know, to have me part of the co-author group, and then I found out who was, who were the other co-authors, 
including you. And I was like, Julia, (laughs) yes, I got really excited. So it was an easy yes for me. And the whole process, I mean, Austin's been fantastic. You've been fantastic. The other co-authors are amazing. Phenomenal dynamo people and the support folks, Daphne and Tony. I mean, like really just incredible, an incredible group to be a part of. And I feel, you know, I feel honored that I would even be invited to the table, you know, but also it's an affirmation of the work that I've done, the work that you've done all these years and of who we've become, you know, and, and confirmation of that, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So exciting. So exciting to be on this journey with you. So can I tell you about my plan? Yeah. No. Tell me about your plan. What's your plan? So so I had such a positive experience with this book that I am working on a second book. And what my plan is, is to uh, work with those youth and young adults from the bridge who have been a part of the program for a certain period of time, possibly a few decades, maybe even a little less and to get their stories, their turnaround and flashpoint stories into a book and have kind of a bridge book of stories of how the bridge has impacted people. And uh, it's going to talk about an amazing dynamo book, man. Yeah. I know some of the stories that might be going in it and it's incredible. I can't wait to read it. So can people franchise this? Like, can, have you done, I saw that on the, the website, like start your own bridge. Like how can people start their own bridge. Can- well, the first thing is to attend a session and to experience it for yourself. Mm-hmm. And then if you have a group or if you have a group in mind and you want to, or you want to start a group, you know, reach out to us and let us know. We haven't done it in 2020, but we have done in the past, you know, 40 plus years, we have done trainings for schools, for other organizations where we'll train people to start their own bridge or bridge-like program. So we give them that same structure and training that we give our young people, along with a few more, you know, overall organizational things to run the program. And so that's how people can start their own. It's So Renee Pinardo is the director of the program. She was one of the young people that started the program in 1979. It was actually, it was initialized by Sister Helen Owens, who is still kind of the grandmother of the program. She came to the city of Camden, uh, working at Our Lady of Lords and doing some mission work and was like, you know, there's all these programs for young people that are in trouble, but no program to prevent them from getting into trouble in the first place. And she has a very prevention mindset. So she reached out to father, who's now Monsignor Michael Mannion and said, hey, you know, young people, why don't you gather some young people and bring them our way, you know? And um, so he gathered some young people from a program that he was involved in, one of whom was Renee, and who is, like I said, the director of the program now. She was a single mom, young, and needed a little extra direction in her life, was ready for a change, a flashpoint turnaround story, if you will. And she started to develop this program with the other young people, and it's turned into what it is today. And it's beautiful because... While it was started by essentially a sister and a nun, it is, and it is, you know, we do have that whole person aspect. We're open to everyone. So we've got people from all religions or no religions or faiths or no beliefs who are attending the program from all very diverse backgrounds, um, genders, sexuality, skin tone, beliefs, perspectives, socioeconomic status, education level, you know, even age, like I said, age 13 to 113. So it really is a beautiful, holistic, supportive program for everyone. 
which is unique. You know, it's unique in our society. A lot of groups are very specific to who they serve. And we're just real open, you know, welcoming to everyone, which is such a beautiful thing. Okay. So we have lots of calls to action, lots of things a listener can do, you know, from her own things that she does and looking at the bridge and coming to a, a, it's Tuesday nights Mm -hmm. at 730. 730. I always say, please arrive by 725 because it rhymes. And that makes sure that you can be there on time (laughs) because we do like to start at 730 so that we can get that full hour and a half in. And we ask people to stay until nine and we ask people to have their cameras on and to be, you know, prepare to be interactive. And you can have your camera in your sweatshirt, your t-shirt. You don't have to get dressed up. We want people to be comfortable for sure. But, you know, by interacting with each other with the camera on, preferably, we really do build that community with each other. Yeah. All right. It's beautiful. And I encourage all the the listeners to this, to check out the bridge program. And yeah, it's just, it's a really important community and uh, program. So Maria, thank you so much for sharing all that you do, doing the work that you do. It's so beneficial to not only the attendees, but to, I mean, everyone that they touch, everyone that, that every experience that they have, you're just spreading so much love and so much peace in, in the world. And you're really doing the work. So I appreciate you completely and wholly and can't wait to go out to lunch again. Hopefully soon. I appreciate you and all that you put out, all the good that you put out in the world and all the skill building that you do and the training that you've done with people and the one-on-ones. I think it's so important. This podcast is so important. And, you know, I also have to give a shout out to Virtua. You know, Virtua Health System has adopted the program, brought in the program as part of Lords when um, they had the buyout uh, two years ago. And they have been so supportive of our program and have really seen the value of it. And we couldn't do what we do without their support. And we're just really grateful for that as well. So again, it's, you know, it's all about community, right? Like we just help to build each other up and, and support each other. So it's so important. Absolutely. All right. You have a great day. Thanks, Julia. You too. You too. Hey, you peace and love amplifier. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard here today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at peaceandloveamplifiers.com. You can find me on Facebook, on Instagram, and YouTube. Thanks again for listening. And remember to ask yourself, what am I feeding the field? Until next time.